Come on. Hello, dear listener. Before we get into today's show, quick ask. If you find value in today's show or you've gotten value out of a previous show, please leave us a quick five-star review. Be super grateful. Thanks a lot. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, the strong and powerful Dave Mason. Dave, are you ready to do this? Let's rock. I like it. Let's 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 do this. Dave is a personal growth junkie. He's an entrepreneur. He's the author of The Cash Machine, a tale of passion, persistence, and financial independence. Again, I'm excited to have you on. Dave, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Absolutely. So I'm originally from the U.S., as you could probably tell from the accent, but for the last 17 years, I've lived in Israel. And I was an attorney back in the U.S., and really wanted a different lifestyle for myself. I started noticing that it was hard for my coworkers to balance having a family and their careers, and I wanted something different. I'm also, at this point, an Orthodox rabbi, and I, I decided to move to Israel and start a family and really shift gears toward from being an attorney to I went into business. And over the years, I made a lot of money in business, but still found myself fairly deep in debt at a certain point. And I came to the realization that I was in debt because not because I had failed to earn money, but because I didn't know what to do with it once I had it. And we'd made so many stupid decisions around money. And around this time, I'd already written several different books. I love if there's a topic I want to know about. To me, the best way to learn about it is to research and write a novel on the subject. So I said, it's time I got myself a financial education. and. So I started working on this book called The Cash Machine and eventually wound up co-writing it with my wife. And through the process of writing this book, which took about two years, I had to learn so many areas of money. I think I, had I been learning about money for myself, I would have learned 10% as much. But because I needed to be teaching people about all these different concepts, I had to do a deep dive into all of them. And I'd say the person who got the most out of The Cash Machine is definitely me. But I'm excited that this book is now helping people learn a lot of both basics and fundamental concepts about money. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. So did uh, you grow up in New York? I grew up in Connecticut. Okay. I went to, I went to law school in New York and went to, was at NYU and I was at L.A. So I've been all over the U.S., lived in Colorado, lots of other places. But embracing or being a part of what what must have been a, a a crazy grind and 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 the life of an attorney that that's not a or perhaps it was a super simple decision to say that that that's enough going to Israel going to become a rabbi tell me a little bit about that <laughs> you know it's it's a funny thing i know people who grapple with these questions for years we know people say no i really want to move to israel i'm waiting for the right time all of that sure it was an easy decision for me because i never actually made it. And what I mean by that is when I graduated law school, I got a two-year fellowship doing environmental law for this nonprofit. And when I finished the fellowship, suddenly like it wasn't like I had a normal job and I had to take the initiative to leave. My job was just over. And I was trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And I've always loved Israel. And so I came back, got myself a one-way ticket, not sure if I was going to stay or go. 
and got here and just felt so at home, much more so than I had during any of my previous trips. And just I decided, okay, that's it, I'm staying. So it wasn't really this big decision to pick up and move to Israel and make a life there like so many people do it. It was, I don't know what's next. And then this just felt so right that I just stayed and it became an easy transition for me. All right, cool. Well, nice. <clears throat> and 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 as for writing, it's 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 one thing to to probably be a gifted writer, as I know so many attorneys are. But to then start writing novels, that's that's a different animal. It absolutely is. And this didn't start with the cash machine at all. It started with a book called The Lamp of Darkness, and really it came as a realization as part of my rabbinic studies, I was learning about the inner workings of prophecy and the world of the prophets. And I was so fascinated by what I was learning and simultaneously surprised I'd never learned it before. And yet at the same time, I was finishing Harry Potter 7 for the third time mm. and realizing that, you know, if there was a real world Hogwarts, people would be breaking down the doors to get in and learn what they had to teach. And here I had this whole magical aspect of my own tradition, and so do all Christians and Jews who have the, the biblical period as, as part of their, their traditions, and yet almost nobody knew anything about it. So I said that somebody needs to write a Harry Potter-type book set in the world of the prophets. And my first thought was, okay, who can I hire to do that? Because I was a business person, that's how I thought. And I realized after time, if I want this to happen, I just have to do it. So I spent six years writing my first book, which is the Lamp of Darkness, and then another four years writing the sequel, The Key of Rain. And that's how I really got into, into writing. It wasn't from a desire to be a writer. It was from there's a certain story that I came across, and I felt that story has to be told. That's awesome. Like, like, like how so many wonderful things have been birthed or created or great companies started. It's, it's from a place where somebody recognizes a, a gap or a problem and says, okay, if nobody else is going to do this, then, then I'm the person to make it happen. So nice. Okay. And then you, you, you talked to us a little bit about, um, how you were successful financially, but not necessarily getting ahead just because lack of knowledge about, about finance and, and, and money. And so you go down this path. Um, so walk me through that, this, 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 this two year process. So I, I'm going to go back a little bit before that even. So what happened with me financially? So when I left law, I got to Israel, I started a business, I still do online retail, I've got a network of, of websites. We were doing great up to the point when we reached the amount of money we needed to live on. Then we started exceeding that amount of money. And most people would say, well, that sounds great. That doesn't sound like <laughs> a problem, but it was a huge, it was a huge problem for us. Once I started making two, three times the amount of money I needed to live on, suddenly I didn't know what to do with it. And money really, it's energy. You know, money wants to be spent. The analogy I give in the cash machine is, you know, imagine a marathon runner who runs a minimum of 10 miles per day, and suddenly there's hurricane-like conditions outside, and he can't go running. He's just, he's used to expending so much energy that if he's just got to sit, he doesn't know what to do with it. He's bouncing off the walls. And I feel money works that way as well. When we had too much money, okay, what are we supposed to do with that money? And we didn't really know the purpose of money. We didn't have a financial goal. And we thought, well, you know, we know so many people are struggling financially. I should be providing jobs for people. So I take my business from a very lean business that makes a lot of profit to a business that I use to be providing jobs for 
half the people I know. And suddenly I go from making a ton of money to losing a ton of money because it's just, I was hiring unnecessary staff. I didn't know how to manage people. I mismanaged it. I didn't know how to manage projects. And I didn't really know what I should be doing with my money. In fact, early on in the stage of writing the cash machine, it came to a strong realization, which was this concept of financial independence. I'd never heard of financial independence before. And had I known about that when I started my business, I would have known exactly what to do when I started making several times the amount of money I needed to live on. I would have invested it into passive income sources because I was in e-commerce. E-commerce changes so fast. There are businesses that are doing great. I, I My business was doing great. And then Google made one algorithm change and bam, I lost two thirds of my profits overnight. Those things happen. And I knew I was in an, in an unstable business. So had I understood that back then, I would have taken the excess money and used it to build passive income sources so that I would have gradually weaned myself off needing my primary business. So that if any time it disappeared, I would have been fine. But we didn't know that. So we used our excess money to hire too many people. And we bought a house that was bigger than we needed. And my wife said, well, I don't want to move into it and then have to move out to make it nicer. We should, we should be you know, redoing it and making it nice now before we move in. So we borrowed a ton of money to redo this house. And suddenly we are absolutely up to our necks. The business isn't making money anymore. The contractor is owed money. And we got ourselves in a huge hole because we had excess without a strong understanding of what money was. And we had a poor financial education. <clears throat> what sort of went through my mind is, is how, uh, just from what you were saying is you, you you have to make sure that you're giving money the right job because it certainly wants a job it 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 has an energy that wants to be deployed and if you if you deploy it in the incorrect well and it's not even incorrect i mean obviously your your heart was in the right place but it was just a lack of education so yeah i think that probably yeah, i've had that numerous i've had that numerous times over my life when i've come upon a big amount of cash if i have it sitting I can feel myself wanting to make stupid decisions. <laughs> I can see, I can see myself saying, "Oh, maybe if I put money into this vehicle, would, you know, I invest it in the business this way, it'll come, it'll come back to me." And I can sense, at some subconscious level, that I'm doing stupid things. I'm taking dumb risks, but I've got the money sitting there, and shouldn't I be using it for something? Yeah, and so going through this process, then. Tell me how, 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 how that's helped to, to change your perspective on it. Absolutely. So we started writing the book and at first it was just myself. And then I pulled my wife, my wife into it and the book actually became, I never anticipated this. I never thought in my wildest dreams, I'd write a love story. I've never read love stories. It's not my, not my thing at all, but the book just naturally went in that direction. And I thought it was incredibly appropriate because so many of our financial issues came from bad communication between my wife and myself, not being on the same page communication together. And so this idea of this money book that was really taught through a relationship. So we have these two main characters, Dylan and Amber, and they had been dating freshman year of college. And then Dylan learned about a different approach to money on a, on a trip to Mexico. And he decided, wow, I need to learn more about this. And he wound up dropping out of school and going and building himself towards financial independence. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Amber, his girlfriend, who is the, the narrator of the book, she thinks this guy just went down to Mexico, had too many drugs, drank too much, 
got into involved in the party scene and was a dropout loser. So she doesn't want to hear about his new journey, doesn't want to hear anything about him. She turns his back her back on him and never looks back. <laughs> Until seven years later, the two encounter each other, and she's quite bitter about that whole thing because she really had big beliefs in this guy. And Dylan is saying, look, look, I'm not the druggie you think I am. I've actually been trying to build a strong fi financial foundation. And she starts to understand that he's, no, he dropped out to be earning money, to be creating passive income sources. He's been delving into a lot of different areas, building what he calls a cash machine, something that will produce money for him, whether he's working for it or not. And that's really cool as well as to have a cash machine, ways that even if I'm not able to work, money is coming in the door. And Amber starts to realize, you know what, this guy's devoted so much time to this and she's ready to get married and start a family. And she says, you know, I can't yet decide if I can go down the road with you that you're on. And I know that's non-negotiable for you. So I want you to teach me how to build a cash machine of my own. Hmm. I want to be your student, basically. So the two of them are dating and Amber is learning from Dylan what goes into making smart financial choices, how to be setting herself up. So we, we're seeing the tension of the relationship around money. And we're also learning just tons and tons of lessons as we go through. And most of these lessons I had to learn for myself during the process of writing the book. Nice. And so uh, uh, hard to, well, can, can you put your finger on now looking back on it? what you think that, that, that maybe you're most proud of going through this process and feel best about? Definitely what I'm most proud about is coming to one mind about money together with my wife. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a real issue. I think it's absurd. Like I know people who are kind of simple people who marry people who are big spendthrifts and they have a lot of tension around money. The funny thing with my wife and I is we weren't like that. I think if we really sat down and thought about money and learned about money and talked about money, we would have been on the same page from the beginning. But because we're two clueless people, and of course, you know, we grow up in a society which says it's improper to talk about money. Yeah. It's a rude topic of conversation. So I never grew up talking about it. I didn't grow up learning about it. Neither did my wife. And so two people who aren't comfortable talking about money suddenly get married. and They're not suddenly going to become comfortable because they're married now. I'm still uncomfortable and we just were totally on the on different pages. And so now we've really come to one mind and we are moving forward so much faster than we ever have before. In fact, we've started this practice with in our community when young couples get married, we will have them over for dinner and spend several hours talking to them about, about money, saying like this is one of our biggest challenges in our in our marriage. We had a lot of tension around money because we made really dumb choices. And here's what we've learned, and here are the things you need to know about money when you start out. And there's lots of different paths you can choose. We're not saying that one is right and one is wrong. But one thing you need to know is that you need to open up the dialogue between the two of you. And you need to have the same language. We need to have the, the same terms. You need to be familiar with the same concepts so that you can discuss them intelligently. And then whatever choice you make about how you want to go financially is fine as long as you're on the same page. And that's been a big thing for us is being able to say, okay, we want to give this over to other couples starting out because had somebody sat down with us, we would have had a totally different experience. Yeah, what an awesome way to serve and what a what a profound impact that, that, that you're able to have on, on those people now that you have the knowledge, but also, um, and also I can see that it's probably, you're, you're able to proliferate it to 
perhaps one of the couples really grabs a hold of it and, and, and they love it. And so they can start doing that because they have the book, right? Exactly. We give everybody the book and we tell them, look, read this together. Just sit back, read it chapter by chapter together and discuss all the concepts that are coming up. Yeah. So with 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 you and your wife, um, we're, I, I, I can't remember if you already told me this, you guys already had a pretty good dialogue. It was just you were lacking the the actual tools and the knowledge or did this also just help in other aspects of, of, of your relationship? I think in this aspect, we had very poor dialogue because it wasn't a conversation we were comfortable talking about and couple that with really poor knowledge on the subject. And so we'd each make choices that we thought were the smart choice. And sometimes one of us would bend to, oh, okay, she really wants to do that. He really wants to do that. And there wasn't a lot of dialogue. And so there are things I felt uncomfortable about, but I didn't step in to stop her from doing the things she felt uncomfortable about, but she didn't step in to stop me from doing. And we were had poor education and poor dialogue together. And now it's totally the opposite. Yeah, I appreciate that. So how 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 deep does the book go? Is it are 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 are, are we talking about derivatives or are we talking about more 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 behavioral things? So to me, what I wanted to do is give somebody basically what I call like a roadmap. You know, contrast this with soon before publication, I went to Tony Robbins Wealth Mastery hmm. because I wanted to see, okay, is there anything at this conference that that I'm missing in the book that I need to be including. And I go to this conference and I found it to be so incredibly basic, the things they were teaching. There was nothing at all that I hadn't covered. And I realized, well, the reason it was so basic was not, it was not a criticism. It's that Tony's goal was incredibly different from mine. He wanted people to walk away from his conference knowing exactly what to do. So he wanted to give them only a few very easy choices to make so that you could implement them within a couple of days of leaving the conference and not have to think twice about them. For me, it's totally different. For me, what I've wanted to do is create exposure to a gigantic range of topics with the knowledge that one of my readers is not gonna read this book and, for instance, go buy real estate the next day without doing more education. But they'll learn about real estate, they'll learn concepts about real estate, and now they can go dig further on their own basically saying I want to expose them to all these aspects of tax law that they've probably never heard of before. They're not going to be able to then go fill out their taxes in a more intelligent way the day after they finish reading the book, but they have enough knowledge now to go research it. So as opposed to Tony's conference where he wanted to go deep into just only a couple of very small, very simple concepts, and he wouldn't even touch real estate because, you know, you can tell anybody to invest in index funds, but you can't tell people to go buy real estate. People will buy the wrong things. Whereas this book says, okay, this is not a complete education. You don't have all the tools to implement it, but I want to expose you to hundreds of different ideas so that when you hit one that really strikes you and says, ah, this is something that I could really do well with, I know where to go. Whether it's how to do your taxes differently, whether it's how to bring down your housing costs or your transportation costs. So it's just, here's like the whole roadmap of big financial ideas and you go and do further research and you'll be able to implement these, these on your own. Teaching people to fish, Dave. I, I, I hear that that's a better approach. <laughs> awesome. I, I think that that is, I think that that is invaluable right there. Perfect. Well, Dave, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? 
the number one thing I've learned is that you need to learn. You need to get yourself an education. There's a character in the book called Luther, and he says to this, this guy Dylan, one of the main characters, like, how many hours are you going to work your entire life? So the typical American works at least 90,000 hours during the course of their career. Luther's promise is if you spend like 1,000 hours learning about money, you can probably spend up to save yourself up to 80,000 hours actually going out there and earning it. <laughs> so a book like The Cash Machine, it's not going to tell you everything you need to know, but it'll give you some exposure into the areas you're going to want to dig into. And I encourage everyone, you must go out there and learn. I don't know why, but we, we never learn about money, not in middle school, high school, college, grad school. At no point in your education, you're spending decades of your life and hundreds of thousands of dollars getting educated. And yet we never learn about money. We're learning how to make money, but not how to spend it intelligently. So I encourage everyone, please go out there and get yourself a strong education. Whether you start with a book like The Cash Machine or Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or one of the hundreds of other things out there, whether you listen to this incredible podcast or anything else out there, there's so much to learn. Please don't expect that when you take a, get a job that they're gonna hook you up. They're gonna say, sign you up for your 401k and you're set. Nobody is going to answer this for you. Nobody's going to educate you on this. But if you take it on yourself, it's really not that burdensome. It really doesn't take that long to get a really strong financial education. And you can literally cut decades off the amount of time you need to work in order to provide for yourself and your family and create the lifestyle you want. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Dave, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you and where can they get a copy of The Cash Machine? Awesome. So you can get The Cash Machine at buildmycashmachine.com. Everybody who's listening to this podcast, go to buildmycashmachine.com slash download and get a free copy of the book, free digital copy. And you can find you can find me there. My other books are The Size of Your Dreams, Get a free copy of that one and the Age of Prophecy series also give you, you can get free copies of all of these books. It's the first editions of each one and and uh, I hope you all take this knowledge and use it to improve your own financial position. Well, that's incredible. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Dave your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to buildmycashmachine.com. And download a free copy of the book. I think that there's a whole other podcast on on why you decided to 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 get all 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 the books away. But thank you again, Dave. Thank you. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together. Spending too much time on social is your daily screen time over two hours. Are you a little bit overweight? Not saving enough money? Any or all of these are familiar. Strive could be for you. The Strive two-week online boot camp will help you to detox your mind, body, and money, getting you on your way to a happier, healthier, wealthier, and more confident life. Go to strivedetox.com, S-T-R-I-V-E-D-E-T-O-X.com, and get your mind, body, and money right.